This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 42, a Bank on Yourself Real Estate Investor Interview. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us here today for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Um, In our studio here today, I have my co-host, Mark Willis. Hello, hello. And then I'm also very excited to share with all of you that we also have a guest uh, guests here in our studio as well, um, Keith Uziak. Hi, Holly. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Keith. And uh, for our listeners, as you know, we have been wrap, or I guess today we're wrapping up um, a little mini series that we've been doing here on real estate investing. And so we've been diving into and exploring a number of different uh, real estate investing topics. And so we thought it would kind of be a, a good way to wrap things up, round things out, to actually bring a real live real estate investor into the studio with us. And and do a little interview. Um, And so, Keith, I would love it if, just to kind of start us off, get things going, if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, your business, what is it that you do with real estate investing, kind of what's your your niche? Okay, well, Holly, uh, my company's name is Dedicated Real Estate Solutions. Uh, The very complicated uh, thing we do would be residential redevelopment, which is kind of fancy, nice little catchphrase. (laughs) But I'm really a real estate investor, uh, basically buying up properties, uh, fix and flip them, or turn them into rentals, things like that. But I am not a realtor by any means. Mm -hmm. Okay. So real estate investor, not a realtor. Right. Correct. Okay. And so what is your kind of history and background in real estate? Is this something you've been doing for a long time, something you just got into and what drew you to real estate investing? Well, I retired after 22 years in the military and about halfway through my military career, I bought my first house and I was very, very nervous about that because I was only an E5 in the military. Uh, But that was my first dabbling in real estate and just the power of real estate. And I I call property uh, tax shelters is what I like to refer to them because there's a lot of benefits to owning a property. Uh, So bought my first house when I was a second class, like I said, in the Navy. And then I got a second house when I sold the first house. And that was up here in Illinois. And I kind of hung on to that house. And then when I kind of meandered back to Virginia Beach area, I bought a third house, which I still own. So that's my background in real estate. That's what got me interested in it and kind of levitated me to this field. You know, I've, I've heard a lot uh, from others who are in the military who also get into real estate. Is there, is there like something that's, is it sort of a topic of conversation that you were, how did you first say, hey, I'm going to get a house? Or was it just, hey, I'm going to live here for the next couple of years, might as well buy a place for myself? Uh, I just, I never understood the concept. And I know a lot of people rent, but I never understood paying somebody's mortgage off for them. I kind of wanted to be the person that somebody else was paying the mortgage for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what drove me into buying a home. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so if there are any listeners, you know, for our podcast that are maybe thinking about getting into real estate investing, uh, what would you say are maybe, you know, one or two high level tips or, or you know, little piece of advice you might share with them if this is something they're thinking about? I got to tell you, I think the most important thing is having a support network of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, real estate associations, you can look them up on meetups, meetup.com. You can search them out. Uh, I would take the time to get to know people that are in the business, their struggles with the business, because I tell you what, the TV shows make it look so simple. (laughs) There is a lot to it. There's a lot of talent involved and there's many hats you have to wear. Mm -hmm. And, and Mark, I think you asked about, you know, the military, uh, you know, what levitated me to that. Military people tend to balance a lot of stuff at once, and they multitask quite well. And also, they kind of have thick skin. You kind of have to have that just in business in general, Mm because things not always go your way. So you just have to be able to deal with it, learn from it, and move on. Mm. Yep. Yeah, gotta love HGTV, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, anyone can become a yeah. real estate investor with you know yeah. just watching them. <laughs> oh, I mean, any any reality show is a pure and unadulterated view of the actual world, right? I mean, there's no fluff on reality TV at all. No, right? not at all. It's completely <laughs> accurate too. I can I can whatever lose 50 pounds in 30 days. I can have a great meal cooked in 25 minutes. It's yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Well, Keith, you you flip houses, and so you can do that in a week. Right. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Within a thirty-minute time span. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, there is there's a thing called wholesaling. You actually yeah, could do you that. You could. You could. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced in the real estate industry, whether it's just here in this market or the other uh, locations you have properties? I think the biggest struggle we we found out uh, starting out, uh, just like the TV shows, they kind of leave out that first part. They're already into the house, and now they're doing the repairs. Finding those properties is the hard part. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wasted a lot of time. I won't say wasted. It was it was well-learned experience. Uh, but we, we were looking at homes that were listed on the MLS. And I kind of believe that there's a lot of, a lot of built-in pricing in there to mm. take out the investor. Mm. So they, they tend to overprice houses that way. So by the time you figure out what the house needs you're looking at a very, very small profit. And it's like, well, I'm not going to tie up three, four months of my time for $10,000. It's just not right. worth it. So right. Sure. That's the tough part. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to kind of bring it back to a little bit about, you know, the, the work that we've done together and the work that we do here at Lake Growth, um, you know, for those that are looking to get into or maybe are already in real estate, Keith, and in your experience, how important would you say that financing and capital are? to a real estate investing business? Uh, I think everybody knows this answer. Extremely <laughs> important. <laughs> okay, okay. Like the oxygen we breathe, right? Yes. <laughs> All right, and so if it is that important, it's truly that important to a real estate business, um, you know, what would you say that maybe you've experienced in the past uh, regarding you know, financing and uh, how you've been able to be able to uh, capitalize on opportunities and deals that you've come across? Well, I gotta tell you, people that wanna loan you money uh, they're very skeptical of people that are just starting out. They don't have the experience, so that, that becomes an issue. Uh, now, you can deal with hard money lenders. That's really based on the deal itself. So if the house is good, the numbers work, you'll have no problem financing it, even if you're brand new at it. But again, it gets back to that it's tough to find those great deals. So mm-hmm. 
Um, that's the biggest thing. Okay. All right. And what were, maybe if you don't mind sharing with our listeners, what were some of the strategies that you tried previously? I'll tell you what, I've, I, I actually have a business degree. I had a business degree before I got in the military. Never really used it in my <laughs> 22 years of service, <laughs> but I was always intrigued by it, but I, I never really understood it. I didn't understand how people made money in the stock market. I saw that banks made a lot of money, but the mm. little guy, you know, and their savings and stuff like that, they're not really making money. So it, it kind of discouraged me. So I started IRAs. That was my my first thing. And then I transit, uh, transitioned into a self-directed IRA. If you have a traditional IRA, I highly recommend a self-directed IRA. It opens up way more avenues. You can invest in real estate, all these neat things. I just re- learned about that probably about three years ago. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have known about that 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I would have mm-hmm. been well off uh, than I am now. And, and of course, met you nice folks at the uh, Lake County Investors Association. And that's where I learned about Bank on Yourself. And I was so intrigued by it, by the whole process and the benefits of it, that I actually converted my IRAs into the bank on yourself policy and moving forward ever since. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you heard about this crazy thing called bank on yourself. Um, and so kind of tell us a little bit, if you don't mind about that experience and what it was like hearing about, you know, this bank on yourself strategy. Well, again, uh, the bank on yourself policy, when you're first exposed to it, uh, it sounds way too good to be true. It's like the benefits are just so outstanding and you're like, this can't be true. Right. And uh, me and my business partner were sitting in that meeting, and he's like, "Ah, oh, this isn't this isn't right. This doesn't work." You know, I said, "You know what? I'm I'm gonna fill out the card, and I'm gonna talk talk to these nice folks and learn more about it." And I think Holly, you and I, at least had three or four conversations on the phone before I made a commitment. Mm-hmm. And that that is just so wonderful that you took the time to do that because they're probably half an hour each time. So. That's what I always tell people. I said, just talk to Holly. She knows a lot about it. She can answer all your questions, mm-hmm. and it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say it's going to be a great fit for anyone or for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know what those conversations are for to just kind of feel out what mm-hmm. your situation's like. That's why we had those conversations, Keith. You know, so that we could say, hey, what what are you what are you doing, and does this make sense? So you're still doing real estate, but you also have this bank on yourself policy, and uh, you know. Uh, how do they fit together in your mind? How do they work in your business? Well, I got to tell you, in real estate business, cash is king. Because if you have cash, you can make purchases instantaneously. So obviously not everybody has cash and they have to rely on some financing options. But the bank on yourself policy, that is your own money. And the great thing about the bank on yourself policy, if you don't know about it, is if I borrow against my policy, my money's still working for me. It's still earning dividends mm-hmm. on the money that should be in there, but I'm currently using it. So that right there is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And so, um, Keith, you know, share with our listeners, if you don't mind, have you had an opportunity to use your policy yet? I have. It helped me actually get a rental property for our business. Okay. All right. And so what was that experience like as far as going through that process, getting your loan and, and just, I guess, how, um, how did the, the bank, having the policy, how did that affect that whole transaction for buying that property? Well, 
I got to tell you, uh, it was really simple. I just called Holly up. I said, Holly, I've got this opportunity, and I kind of want to borrow and asked her how much I could borrow uh, based on the policy because obviously you want to not over-borrow because then it would not be in effect in a sense. So you have to make sure you got the right numbers. And Holly had all that information for me. She took care of all the uh, coordinating, the paperwork. And I think the first time is probably the toughest. Um, I think it took maybe 10 days to get the loan, but I'm sure now that we know the paperwork we need to do, it would probably be seven days or less, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it just establishing those bank connections first time around. Sure. And, everything. Yep. and then, you know, as it relates to previous ways you might have had to get access to financing uh, with a traditional bank and whatnot, you know, what, what would the process be like as it relates to traditional banks, traditional financing, you know, underwriting, loan origination fees, these are sorts of questions I'm wondering. Is that is that also common with your experience with Bank on Yourself? Uh, absolutely not. There's really no no fees or any kind of paperwork. I mean, well, there's paperwork, but there's no screening process. It's your money. You can use it. And and the frustrating thing with trying to get a loan traditionally is they want your whole life history. <laughs> they want all your bank statements. And I, right. I, you know, and these have my bank account numbers on there, and then they want stuff with Social Security numbers on there. And it's very intrusive. And there's no guarantee they're going to even loan you money. So you throw out all your information, and then they mm. let you know. <laughs> and then there may be some fees in there. So you've lost money in the process. So that's never fun. Uh, not, not to discourage people from doing that, because that's a necessity in life. But I got to tell you, access to your, your own money through the bank on yourself policy is awesome. And how, how did this help you become more competitive in your business using this policy, uh, giving you some sort of advantage over maybe other buyers that would have been out there? Again, it gets back to the cash is king and access to money right away because you can always refinance things later. But just being able mm-hmm. to take advantage of a deal yeah. because in the real estate business, as soon as the deal is there, five investors pounce on it. Mm, it's very yeah. competitive. So you've, you've got to be ready to go and uh, have that money ready standing by. So one of my favorite things about these policies for real estate investors, Keith, is that you can actually expect what your cash value will be year from now, five years from now, 10. So kind of project yourself and your business out five, just say five years into the future. Let's say, let's say in that environment, we're in another market downturn where the real estate uh, prices are being suppressed you know, uh, prices are down, nobody's selling, banks aren't lending. How does that affect your business five years from now using the policy for your real estate deals? Does that make you, you know, kind of talk us through what that would do for your strategy in a down market, say, in a couple of years? Uh, you know, I'm, I, kind of a complicated question, I guess, um, but it's just the idea of the money's there um, when you're investing in real estate with the policy. Uh, typically, if you're dealing with a real estate deal, you're in and out in six months or less, usually six to eight months tops. Mm-hmm. So the money can go back into your policy to be used again and again and again, um, much like a home equity line of credit. If And this was something that always puzzled me too. People pay off their, their mortgages and they're like, great, I've got a free <laughs> and clear house. And be like, 
all right, great. You've got all this equity tied up that you could be using right now. Yep. You should get a home equity line of credit. You don't have to use it, mm-hmm. but if you ever needed money, you've already got that set up. And again, mm-hmm. there's no questions. Like I just mm-hmm. go on my online banking and say, I want to take 10 grand out. I can switch it over to my personal and then put it into the business. So it's perfect. Real, real easy access. Yeah. Getting access to that money is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Keith, for your contribution and for joining us here today. And um, one thing I do just want to ask, because clearly you, you've been doing this, you're an expert in the real estate industry. Um, if any of our listeners on the podcast here today did want to get a hold of you, um, maybe to ask, you know, get some more details about your business and what it is that you do, what would be the best way for them to reach out or get a hold of you? Well, I got to tell you, we have a pretty active blog on our website, which is... Uh, dedicatedresolutions.com. And then if you go on that page at the top, you'll see a blog section. We actually have a house that we're looking to sell right now in Calumet City that we just uh, uh, rehabbed. Uh, Mm. Awesome, awesome location, especially if you're commuting to Chicago. Um, You can find that on uh, Homes for Sale on that website. But I think the most active is our Facebook page. So if you go to, if you just uh, search Dedicated Real Estate Solutions LLC, you'll be able to find that. We try to post at least three times a week to our blog. And so it's, I do some creative things. I do some jokes and stuff on Friday sometimes. So (laughs) I try to make it interesting. Um, So that's the best way. Okay, perfect. All right. So they can get a hold of you. They can check out your website. They can find you on Facebook and then also the blog, which I have. um, I've read the blog and it's great. So I definitely highly recommend that you cover all sorts of different kinds of topics of and relating to real estate. So definitely check that out. All right. Thank you, Holly and Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, and thank you again, Keith, for the opportunity to get to learn a bit about your business. Uh, Also in the studio with us now is one of my dear friends. We've known each other for almost, well, maybe over a decade now, Nathaniel. And Nathaniel Filbert is, uh, well, he's a a lot of things. He's a man of mystery. (laughs) He's a man of intrigue, international man of intrigue. Uh, You you actually grew up in Indonesia, Uh moved to uh, Chicagoland, went to school in uh, the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And then you've lived in the city of Chicago now for how long? Probably going on eight years now. All right. Cool. Cool. So we we got to know each other even before you moved in. And then I guess as you've kind of settled into the city of Chicago, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about the work you do. Sure. Yeah. I I guess I met Mark pretty much immediately upon moving to Chicago. He was one of my first friends uh, moving down into the city. And um, I studied art, uh, photography specifically, but also some sculpture uh, in in school. And when I graduated, it kind of uh, did the work to start a business, start a photo business. And so that's what I do now. I'm a full-time commercial uh, portrait photographer. Um, and through sort of my relationship with Mark, um, we have gone on quite a few number of different adventures. And mm-hmm. uh, as Mark got in, involved in uh, the Bank on Yourself policy uh, uh, stuff, I kind of walked with him as he got started in that. And uh, was one of maybe his first, one of the first mm-hmm. I uh, think people so. that jumped on board with you. Yeah, so. I think Katrina actually had more to do with that than I did. I had more stumbles and trips <laughs> over my own words. And Katrina and you really got to talking and answered a lot of your questions, I think, at the start. Yeah, that might be true. I've always loved finance stuff. And so I think uh, for me, it was just fascinating and interesting to, to think about and, and was a good segue. Yeah, you had probably more questions, as at least as many as I had when I started my first two policies. So, you know, you're... 
You were quite the challenge, my friend. <laughs> but uh, you, you gave me and Katrina such insight into what we had just done ourselves that I couldn't thank you enough for that. So when you first opened your bank on yourself policy, did you know everything that you might want to do with it? Like, why did you start it? What were some of the things you had in mind to use it for when you first opened your first policy? Yeah, I, you know, I think probably like many of your more average clients like myself, um, I didn't really think There's about... There's nothing average about you, Nathaniel. No, I, <laughs> Thank <go> you, ahead. <laughs> um, I didn't really think about uh, wh- how I would use it so much as I think for me it was, it started as a retirement plan um, uh, option. So I, th- I thought about, you know, I've always been an, a fan of diversification, not necessarily just within the stock market, but diversification of um, different types of systems of financial uh, mm-hmm. saving. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, we talk about real estate later. That's that's one. The boy plan was was one that felt like a different, it ran on a different system and was affected by the markets in different ways. Obviously, you know, your traditional Roth IRA and that kind of thing is a different system. And so having a little bit of each of those made sense to me in so much as just an extra level of safety and insurance. Um, and so when I heard about this, I thought it was a, you know, an interesting way to add to the portfolio of how I'm planning for my future. Um, and so I don't think I thought a lot about, you know, how I would use it throughout my life. I thought of it more probably as, is this money going to still be around when I'm right. <laughs> 70 and I need that? Um, and I think it, was, it wasn't until probably the second half of learning about this and, and getting getting started with it and then kind of understanding the options that I began to dream a little bit. So, yeah. I think your first loan, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but it was just like, do you remember what it was? Yeah. My first loan was for, I think uh, it was like $1,600 and I think I bought a mattress. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which sounds crazy. So I you, know. You go but... from, I'm going to, I'm going to have the penultimate retirement plan to, man, I need a new mattress. I need a new, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's you know, how it goes sometimes. Sometimes yeah. sleep, you know, sleep is important for, yeah. for health. So for me, there was, there was some medical reasons for that, but I think all Ultimately, it ended up being a really great choice. And I, at that time, I was just starting the business. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of uh, mm-hmm. kind of fluid cash. Yeah. And so this was a great thing to tap into and say, oh, you know, I really actually need this. And my retirement savings will continue to grow at the same rate. Um, nothing changes on that end. Um, but I get sort of this access to this money. Um, and can kind of build a plan for repaying it over the next however many years. And a good night's sleep at the same time. And a great night's yeah. sleep, yeah. <laughs> and what was it that you would say maybe kind of initially caught your attention with this strategy and bank on yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think probably the thing that f- was really grabbed me at first was the idea of um, being able to grow your money at the same rate even if you use it. And I didn't, at that time, I don't think I completely understood how I would use it or, or what, as I kind of said earlier, but just the idea that, um, like with the stock market, if you pull it out, it's it's not working for you anymore. And it's, it's only working for you as long as it's in, but there's this um, kind of cool way in which the bank on yourself policies allow you to continue to grow your money, even if you're utilizing aspects of it, um, u- utilizing that cash value. And so I was drawn to the idea of, wow, if my money can do two things for me at once, that's that's a good that's a good return in and of itself, regardless of the interest rate. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, okay, so now let's shift gears. Mm-hmm. And here you are, you're a photographer. Did you ever use your policy for your like equipment for your photography business or anybody? You know, it's actually, I'm trying to think if it's ever actually worked out that I've needed to do that. Um, it's certainly something that I that I could do. I think a lot of times I've had other uh, needs that I haven't saved money for. 
Um, and I think a lot of times the business itself generates income and then I roll that right back in. Cash flow. Yeah, on Mm -hmm. kind of a monthly basis, I have income made that rolls right back into the business. So I actually don't use the plan specifically. I mean, I certainly could, but I, I haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, I haven't made any huge purchases for the, for the business. So, so it's been, uh, used for some small purchases. I think, uh, you know, the mattress, then maybe a vehicle, I Mm -hmm. think at some point. And then you built up to where you had enough to purchase, uh, this this opportunity, this real estate opportunity. Tell us a bit about how yeah. you found that. What it what is it? What kind of real estate is it? Sure. How sure. did a photographer get into real estate? <laughs> <laughs> well, this particular photographer is a little bit of a, an eclectic eclectic individual. I kind of get my hands into lots of different types of things. I think earlier mentioned just a, a consistent passion and interest in finance for for mm-hmm. years, and you so are. I've always. Um, kind of love to dabble in different ways of investing. And I've always thought of real estate as an, another method to invest a different, again, a different type of system that, you know, is affected by the markets differently. And so um, can be a great investment, even when, a you know, there's a huge recession. Um, and so I've always been interested in real estate. Um, and I've liked the, the, the potential opportunities there. Um, it seems to have a lot of potential for uh, returns and minimal sort of an you know, upfront investment. So I kind of started playing around with the ideas of what it would look like to purchase, you know, something small and um, just kind of let it run, um, you know, maybe a three flat or something with a couple of units. And uh, through that process, I actually went almost to the end of a process and then we lost it in appraisal, uh, which was a, a real bummer. It was a, a multi-month, multi, <laughs> multi-expense yeah. process. And uh, we, we lost we lost some money, but it was a great learning experience for me um, and just understanding how real estate works and what the process is. And then a couple of months later, I was kind of like, ah, I'm done with this. I don't want to do real estate anymore. It's not for me. I obviously don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then a friend of mine reached out to me while I was in another country. Um, he emailed me. He was like, hey, this property popped up. It looks really cool. Would you want to consider pursuing it with me? And I was like, ah, I don't know. Anyway, I got back into the country. We went and looked at it and I was really interested in it. It was a, a lot of eight apartment units, uh, condo units. So the, the gentleman who owned it was sort of trying to sell out and he had a portfolio of eight in the same building. Um, and so I started looking at that. And um, eventually, over the months, uh, my friend decided he wasn't as interested, but I kind of kept going with it, um, you know, and found a private investor to kind of fund the vast majority of the property. But when it came to the down payment, which was going to be necessary, you know, for my private investor, I turned to my boy plan and it was, um, you know, it was a a really good asset for uh, making that happen. I had you know, been putting in monies for about, let's see, four or five years. You're a bank on yourself. Mm-hmm. Some people call it BOY or boy plan. Yeah, boy yeah. Plan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bank so on yourself been policy. Packing mm-hmm. some money into that for a few years. For a few years, and uh, it kind of had generated enough cash that I was able to pull out a, a good chunk and make a make a down payment uh, with that. Um, and the deal went through be- because I had that policy. So that was it was really great. Yeah. Okay, so and that was that was the buying process, and I just want to emphasize, you're not like a PhD in real estate or anything, right? No, you're definitely not, not secretly. <laughs> okay, you don't have an like a you know a degree from real estate university or anything. You're you're, I mean, you are a very intelligent guy. Thank but you. But this is not your this is not your day job. Literally, no, it's not no. your day job. No, so, I had a three thousand uh, dollar education in in failing on the first building. That was my that was the, my education. The best education, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And so then since you took out that loan from your policy for the down payment on that property, uh, how is your policy done since you've taken out that loan? And then also, how is your property done? Yeah, sure. Um, the property's been doing great. Uh, it's, you know, they always say 
the first year you'll hate it. The second year you'll be kind of like, eh, we'll see. And the third year you're like, I'm really glad I did this. So I'm in year two right now. So I'm kind of on that, uh, yeah, we're, we're okay. We're hanging in there. <laughs> um, but it has been doing, it has been doing well and it's, it's actually been doing better than I think um, even I anticipated, which is, which is great. I'm, I'm a little bit of a, of a skeptic at heart and it probably saves me from some bad things and, you know, has its own negatives. But I, I, I think if I'm being truthful, we're, we're doing great. And um, certainly it has its challenges, but from the standpoint of the boy policy, you know, it's been a, setting myself up with a repayment plan. I think I'm actually fully paid off at this point, Woo! which has been great. And so that's a testament to, you know, just the, the, the business itself. But um, yeah, I think um, that's kind of how the, the property is doing. What was your other question? <laughs> the policy. How's that done? Yeah. Um, as far as the policy, I mean, I, you know, it's been growing kind of at the steady rate that you guys, uh, you know, share that it will. And so, you know, I pulled the money out. And as I understand it, the, it continues to grow as if the money's still in there. And um, and then I sort of structured a payment repayment plan uh, to myself um, and, and kind of did that over the course of two years. And then um, and I, for me, it was, I had the option of, I mean, you can pay it back however you want. And I decided to kind of pull it from the profits made on the building. And then, um, you know, I continue to use then the policy as like a, a large scale emergency fund for if something were to happen to the building and I needed a significant period of change, I could pull from that. So, so yeah. you're, you're using rental income. These eight units mm-hmm. are paying you a, a rent check. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you can and want to, you're putting that money, you're just letting that money flow right back into your policy. Mm-hmm to have liquid available if the HVAC goes out or the roof has some repairs needed. But it, it hasn't always been smooth sailing, right? With this property, there's mm-hmm. been some, tell us a bit about some of the struggles you had uh, in the early year. Yeah, the first six months were, um, I felt like I packed three years of difficulty into six months. It was really, really hard. I I, uh, I almost actually almost sold it because I was like, I can't live like this. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, Thankfully, I was able to get a management team in, and um, they were able to take off a little of that pressure. Um, but yeah, in the first six months, I mean, I had everything happen for me from, um, you know, a massive water, you know, bill that we didn't know where it was coming from, or if we had a leak, uh, you know, and what was going on. We spent, you know, two months trying to figure that out, uh, which was just a nightmare. Um, we were everything from like where we're going to have to dig up the you know, 10 feet of dirt, you know, underneath the building to try to find this leak or what was the, what was the issue? Um, we had everything from that to, you know, I think I lost, I had seven tenants moving. When I moved in, I lost five in the first two months. Wow. So I was like, had two tenants in the whole building that were like giving me income. Um, so that happened. I had one of my tenants uh, got shot and we were, had to deal with that. And so I had a lot of different things that, that came up that were, variety of issues, some related to finance and some just related to uh, people and, that's the, and yeah, people that's, being people. But uh, that's part of the asset class. You have to mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, those are the expenses that aren't necessarily laid out. You didn't get that expense sheet whenever you bought yeah. the property that someone was going to get shot and someone else, five <laughs> other people were going to move out and right. there was going to be this leak. So, right. uh, but you know, you have that flexibility then to stop repaying your loan. I think you did for a while, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm not going to repay on my policy loan for mm-hmm. such and such undetermined period of time. Right. And then when you were back on your feet, you started yeah. started it right back up again. Now it's, you say it's paid off or close to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it is awesome. paid off. And, you know, I do actually, that is an element of this that I really appreciate is the flexibility to really set your own schedule, that it really is your money and you are your own bank. And so you can have a conversation with yourself as your own bank and say, hey, I can't afford to pay this back right now. And you you as yourself can be like, cool, there's grace for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I've, I've really appreciated. And I think also um, the fact that you, 
I think even the simple interest growth as opposed to like a compound interest growth really helps create that flexibility. So you don't feel the burden of as that interest generates, it all goes back to you eventually. But um, the, the power of being able to just to not feel the burden of like every month that goes by, there's this massive fee that I'm accumulating, I think is, is really helpful. Um, so, you yeah. know. Provide you a little breathing room. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it gives you a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then what would you say uh, to someone who's maybe thinking about, you know, dipping their toe into this bank on yourself strategy or even real estate? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely go for it. I think, you know, the real estate aspect specifically is maybe a little bit of a, you know, check in with yourself and kind of do your research, learn um, some of the stuff that it takes. I would even recommend, you know, um, go, not being afraid to go partway through a purchase and bail out if you need to, um, just as an education. <laughs> uh, that was, you know, unintended on my part, but it really was the education I needed to be able to actually successfully purchase the property. Um, as far as the policy goes, I think, you know, it's a, it's kind of a no-brainer in the sense that, um, you know, you're, you're saving anyway every month put it into a policy and have access to that money for the rest of your life, even as it grows. I think that's that's brilliant. And you don't have to have a lot of ins and outs. I mean, one of the great things about folks like you, Mark and Holly, is um, you guys can talk through with your clients about what what their options are. So you get a sense for their story, what they do, what they like, what they're interested in, um, how they want to use their money, what their dreams are. And then you can show them how to fit their policy to that. And I think that's really that's really fantastic. So even if it's a person who's just getting into uh, a boy policy and is just looking at retirement, they you don't you do it because in 20 years, you may be like, I actually really do want to buy a house. And suddenly you have this huge sum of money that you can put towards a home. You might not even need a bank loan. And that's awesome. That's fantastic. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a mic drop moment right there, (laughs) Daniel. I I think just two very, very super quick things I'm hearing. One is you used what what we sometimes call the barbell strategy, where you have a big portion of your portfolio in cash equivalents, Mm -hmm. which is like a bank on yourself policy, Mm -hmm. super conservative, you know, guaranteed to grow for you every single year. And then you take some of that money out to invest in something that could be you know, an eightplex that becomes a noplex before you know it, <laughs> uh, or takes off like it has. Yeah. So that's the first thing I noticed. And then the second thing is you didn't just dip your toe in the water with real estate. You dove in head first <laughs> into this thing. Yeah. And uh, so good, so far so good. Mm-hmm. I guess the main thing to kind of remember for folks listening is, you know, just because you don't necessarily know how you'll use your policy doesn't preclude you from starting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went from a mattress to an eightplex mm-hmm. and a couple of cars or something in there too, and maybe a trip or two in there as well. Mm-hmm. So, and who knows what you'll do next, Nathaniel? That's yeah. what's great about this is you become, uh, you know, you're kind of the master of your own destiny in, in terms of just access to that money. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. I love it. And um, would you be open to if any of our listeners did want to get a hold of you to discuss, you know, your experience in real estate or even your photography business? Would you be open to that? Oh, I'd be absolutely happy to talk to people. Okay. And what would be the best way for them to reach out? Um, You can get my email uh, or through a phone number. Probably email is the the fastest. You have a website too for photography? I do have a website. Yeah, I do have a website. It's just uh, myname.com. So nathanielfilbert.com. 
Um, I don't know if you'll put that in the show yep, notes. Maybe. We will. Yep. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, you can put my email there as well. And either of those methods is a, is a wonderful way to get in touch with me. Okay, fantastic. And so thank you so much for joining us here today, taking this time to yeah. go over your experience and, and what you've um, been doing so far, not only with Bank on Yourself and photography, but then also real estate really, truly are a jack of all trades. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure coming on. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All and right. so then thank you everyone for joining us for another episode episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.